0: Welcome to How Life Changed, a podcast that features stories of real people and how their lives have changed as a result of COVID 19. I'm your host, John Noltner, and I'm glad you could join us. Change is a constant in life, but as a global community, we're now in the midst of unprecedented change as a result of the pandemic, and it's altering our work, home, and community lives in unexpected and profound ways. Each of us will experience this outbreak in our own unique fashion, each of us a single thread woven into the fabric of this historic event. Over the next thirty minutes or so, we'll explore just one of those threads, one person's story, and through that lens, hope to gain some human insight into the bigger picture of what's happening in our world today. This episode of How Life Changed is being recorded on Wednesday, May 13, 2020. Today, I'm talking with Andrew Waite, fifth generation of his family, to run the Waite and Son Funeral Home in Medina in Brunswick, Ohio. Andrew, thanks for taking the time.
1: Glad to be here, John. Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Yeah. Hey, you are used to dealing with families who are in the midst of grief and loss, and I'm curious how that has changed in the past couple of months with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: It it certainly has presented a fair share of challenges to our our company, to our business, and and to our industry in general. Um, The greatest thing that has changed, obviously, is the the ability to gather in larger crowds or larger volumes of people. Um, We have had to, obviously, reduce those numbers here to stay within the guidelines the CDC recommends, even following some of the guidelines of what the the Cleveland Catholic Diocese has recommended here for for services as well. So um, you know the biggest the biggest thing that we're seeing obviously is reduced numbers uh, permitted here in in our building or in you know in churches in general for for mass services.
0: Okay, and what what are some of the unique challenges that? That families are facing as they as they try to grieve during this time.
1: So uh, everyone wants a chance to to have that time to gather, to see a loved one, to say a final goodbye, to have that closure, which we all know is also so important for uh, for the grieving process. So with those smaller crowds, those smaller situations. Some of the complications come in that um, they can't have their friends down the street come or their lifelong friends or whomever that might be. So how we've adapted to that currently is we still feel it is of greatest value to have, for a family to have a chance to say goodbye, like I mentioned a moment ago. So we are encouraging, permitting and encouraging families to have immediate family-only gatherings for children, grandchildren, whatever that might look like in an individual family. Not necessarily saying ten people or less, because there might be 10, 12, 15 people in an immediate family. But we are um, also giving families a chance to have a, a live stream for so they can still have a public service right now. In a sense, where the friends down the street can can watch on our live stream from home on a particular day and time that you know is, is scheduled in advance. So uh, that that seems to have have helped a lot of families out. Um, and, and working through the restrictions you know that are each of our, our individual states placed on, on,
0: on, on larger gatherings. What is the status of social distancing in Ohio right now? What are, what are the restrictions in place, and what do you expect they'll do in the next little bit?
1: So as of today, it was May 13th. Um, at the end of this week, restaurants are starting to open a little bit to outside dining. Uh, Next week, I think it is hair salons and some of those businesses are allowed to reopen as well. We've never been closed. Due to the nature of our business, we are deemed essential. Of course, with what we do, you have to take care of a person when when they passed away. So we've never been closed. We just have been restricted in um, size size of the gathering and all that. Now, we're going along the assumptions of what the CDC recommends, the Catholic diocese, some of the bigger groups as far as size of crowds funeral homes have never been officially restricted in size for for gatherings funerals and weddings had an exemption here in ohio for um for for a chance to gather we took it upon ourselves as a firm to say okay we still ought to probably abide by those guidelines because everyone else around us is doing just that cemeteries included you know um they're not allowing you know large gatherings at the cemetery either for example so um officially we were never restricted in, in, in such a way that we couldn't operate um but we are allowed to have we're always we're allowed to have gatherings of some capacity um in the funeral industry
0: okay i'm i'm curious in our family when we've had loss when i've when i've had the chance to uh work with funeral home staff, it's a very close and personal experience. So there might be a hand on a shoulder, there might be a hug, there's, there's, there's close proximity in that human experience of grieving. Sure. How has that shifted and how have you managed that, uh, <clears throat> to social distance? So we,
1: we, we drafted a letter to the community, um, early on middle of March when this all started coming down. And we encouraged right away social distancing in our office, in our buildings, to take away, unfortunately, that handshake when you walk in our door. And we normally would greet a family to say, we're very sorry for your loss. You know, um, people are encouraged to, if they want to, wear masks when they come into our building to make arrangements. Um, that that human element though, like you mentioned, that, that arm around the shoulder thing had to go away. Um, and that's, that's difficult even for us, We're we're caregivers by nature, and we want to take care of a person when they come to our door, you know So we had to restrict ourselves, our staff as to what they were permitted to do um, Just to keep them safe uh, to keep you know, our 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 funeral directors and our administration people safe to You know be able to take care of the families. So um, we instituted a remote uh, arrangement procedure in that, if a family doesn't feel safe coming in, especially early on when this first when this first came crashing down, everyone just kind of went home, and they did not want to be out and about. So we we put in place some some software and procedures that all of our staff could operate from home for the most part. And we went on a seven day rotation, splitting our staff in half theoretically that yeah, the other at home, but they could still you know get to our our, our software. Uh, and, and make arrangements with the family on a zoom call like this, or on a, um, a telephone conference, whatever it might be, and we could do almost everything that was necessary um, paperwork wise administration wise remotely, so that did seem to give people some um, some peace of mind as well um, when that when this all
0: came you know, came crashing down like I said a moment ago. yeah, sure. Um, have you at your funeral home? Had to deal with any people who have passed because of COVID.
1: Yes, we have not an overwhelmingly large amount. Um, you know, a handful uh, would be my my answer to that. So we have dealt with people who have passed from it, uh, and of course, dealing with their families. There's been some exposure, probably to those family members as well, in a couple of those cases. You know, so we have to be mindful of what they've been through and encourage in that point, uh, maybe a remote uh, arrangement process for them as
0: well. Are there other health concerns uh, as you uh, deal with someone who has passed from COVID?
1: Sure. Without getting into too many specifics there, uh, some of that's a delicate uh, information to, to give out. But we have always had in place good safety procedures for for our staff for um, the involving process, if you will. So uh, we, we added some extra layers um, of protection, if you will, some more equipment, um, but the staff in general has always performed that in a safe manner to begin with. Now, getting some more of those supplies in on a short notice pre- presented a little bit of a challenge, and it took uh, probably a few weeks to a month to locate some additional supplies that we you know, could have needed. Um, we didn't know how deep this was going to go at the time and what the volume or capacity might look like. I mean, we're fortunate here in Ohio that it has not been as bad as you know, New York, uh, the West Coast, where some of the, the bigger hotspots have been. So um, we were prepared, for the most part, for a, a larger volume if necessary. But we are fortunate here that it has not been overwhelming to our
0: area or to our uh, region here in, in northern Ohio. Mm, I'm glad to hear that. This is a personal question that I probably should already know the answer to if I'd done better research. Um, when someone passes from COVID, is there a requirement uh, for cremation or can they choose burial as well? No, uh, it's, it's wide open here in, in our area. Um, I know that there are some um,
1: hotspot areas, I think, in New Jersey, New York, if you will. Um, I heard they are requiring some cremation um, services there. Uh, but there are no requirements here in Ohio regarding that. So, if we do our preparation work properly, um, everyone is able to have a traditional viewing or visitation of a person here, you know with some minimal restrictions, but nothing nothing that would present any problems for for family members not to say goodbye. Yeah, okay. So we have done a number of each of those services throughout this entire uh, process.
0: Okay. Have you seen families who've chosen? Uh, cremation and to postpone or delay the funeral service itself?
1: We have seen, uh, a number of people who didn't feel comfortable having a viewing and that's obviously is, is their, you know, their, their right to choose. So we are offering here. So for example, if you have a, a gathering, a, a family visitation, whatever it might be privately right now, we are offering uh, a complimentary service down the road to a family, to have that public celebration of life, to have that public service, a funeral, a mass, whatever it might be, an honor ceremony for a veteran, for example, um, down the road at at an open time when it's safe to have the the public here. So we do have a number of families that are kind of postponing um, the public portion of it for now, and they will come back to us July, August, September, whatever it might be, at a time uh, permissible
0: down the road to hold uh, a celebration. Andrew, are there new ways perhaps that you're understanding grieving and loss through this experience? Uh, I don't know if there are new
1: ways uh, of grieving. I think people are, I guess it's fair to say they are adapting um, to, to what's okay in today's society in in May of 2020. Um, In my personal opinion, everyone still needs that chance to say goodbye or to grieve that hasn't changed. Um, the process in which they're permitted to do so has changed or has restricted it in, in some capacity. That's why we are encouraging and promoting a complimentary service at no cost to the family down the road to say, you still need this time to have your, your, your friends here, your distant relatives, people who maybe people couldn't travel. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks here in Ohio, I'm not sure about your area, but nursing homes are closed. You can't go visit mom or dad at a nursing home right now. So it has, um, it has really affected the people's ability to, to have that time to Mm grieve for sure. Um, how they're, you know, we haven't done a lot of follow up yet with them because we normally don't do that for a month or two anyways afterwards. So we don't have any immediate feedback there to tell you how that has changed on a personal level for them. Um, I can tell you on a personal note, our, our grandfather, generation three, passed away in February uh, ninety-three years old. So um, we feel maybe a little selfishly very fortunate that he died when he did. You know, he was one of the gentlemen here and, and helped kind of help build our small town community over the past ninety-three years. Um, very known and well-respected man. Um, I, I can't imagine trying to have a service now or a month ap- even. Two weeks after he passed away, we couldn't have done it um, with, with the way everything happened. So it, it just um we were allowed that chance to grieve. So I can't imagine not having that um opportunity to to, to say goodbye to a loved one. So you, you hear stories of people in nursing homes passing away that nobody's around them. There's no family, they can't see them, they're 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 dying alone is what some of the articles are saying, you know. So that's
0: that's that's tragic. It really is. What else has shifted for you? What else feels different in these last two months in your life?
1: Well, home life, uh, obviously, has changed for for all of us. Um, You know, my my daughter is is five. She was in preschool this year. That obviously ended early. Um, You know, my wife, like any other uh, stay-at-home parent, whoever that might be, um, is tasked with, on top of, you know, daily routines, education now, too. You know, um, while I was working from home on my, my split shift, we did, we're back to working full strength at the office now, but when I was at home, you know, that was, you know, God bless all the parents out there doing that from home because that's, that's a difficult task, um, to add the education level on to, you know, getting up, getting moving, getting, you know, meals, whatever it might be throughout the day. Um, that's, 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 that's difficult for sure. So um, I'm back to work now. So my routine, even during our normal work day, hasn't changed a lot. Um, I'm still going to the store if need be, you know, I'm still going to, uh, the grocery store for my wife or whatever. She gets out once in a while to handle those things too. She, she, she needs to, to keep her sanity there, you know, <laughs> right. but, um, um, the, the, really the sad thing for us here in Ohio. And then maybe where you're at too, is the weather's been so miserable the past two months. For the most part it's hard to even get the kids out to play in the driveway or the backyard or right go off for a walk or go on a bike ride you know um that's been uh,
0: a difficult thing to get over as well as the is the crummy weather here so yeah the warm um, hopefully that changes here the warm weather and sunshine will be welcome for sure yes
1: yeah just seeing the blue sky outside today which we haven't seen for almost a week is, is a welcome welcome sight so
0: is there anything else about what you've experienced as a, as a funeral home director that you, that you think people should know and understand?
1: Yeah, you know, a lot of people are praising, and rightfully so, the frontline workers, the nurses, the doctors, the people who are at the nursing homes. You know, I, I want to give credit to, to our staff here and everyone in the funeral business and industry in general, not requiring or requesting a lot of praise, but we're doing a lot of frontline stuff behind the scenes, too. You know, that, um, you know, our staff has been, you know, all through everything going on the past two months, um, amazing. You know, they have stepped up to, you know, to take on a particular task, whatever it's been. With half of our staff being gone for, we did a total of four weeks, so two separate rotations of seven days. But to work from home, to take that extra responsibility, to fill in for somebody who's not here that particular week. Um, you know, the, the funeral industry in general, um and, and God bless those people in New York. I don't know some of those funeral homes downtown how they're handling the, the volume that they're doing right now. It it's um it's really something to hear the the horror stories coming out of there of what's going on in, in the big city. Um but you know, you know, major major kudos to all the frontline workers out
0: there, you know, taking care of, of everyone, you know, that that's not well. And for you as well. Thank you for the work that you're doing as families go through difficult times.
1: And I appreciate that. And and, and um,
0: we want to give that family,
1: any family that comes to our door, you know, that opportunity uh, to say goodbye, to see us. Even if they don't have services, to see a loved one one more time that maybe they couldn't see in the nursing home, you know. And this is the first time they're seeing them again. So we're, we're providing that opportunity to, to allow that grief process to start.
0: Yeah. Well, Andrew, what, what lesson do you hope that we all learn uh, as we come out of the backside of this
1: well besides you know just just being well being healthy staying safe take care of each other take care of your neighbor check in on you know someone down the street that might need a phone call or, or you know we've done a lot of um these zoom meetings for our family my brother's in la we are supposed to be out there next week you know my, my parents can't see the grandchildren right now um i hope, I hope you know society as a whole can, can come together when these restrictions start lifting and just be grateful for every day that you have, um, our, our, line of work, we know that anything can happen on a given day to any person, regardless of Corona or anything else. So just, just be, be well, be nice to each other, take care
0: of each other for sure. Well, again, thanks for the work that you're doing. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule. Take good care. Glad to be here, John. Thank you for the opportunity. All the best to you. Stay well. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for How Life Changed. I'm your host, John Nolner, and I look forward to seeing you next time. How Life Changed is a series produced by A Piece of My Mind, a multimedia arts project that uses storytelling to rediscover what connects us. You can find A Piece of My Mind on Instagram at stories, on Twitter at A Piece of My Mind 1, that's the numeral one. Facebook and YouTube at A Piece of My Mind. Peace is always spelled out, P-E-A-C-E. And you can find all of those links on our website, A-P-O-M-M dot net. That's the acronym for A Piece of My mind.net. Listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend to listen too. together. We'll see the world in new ways, one story at a time.